the home team should have stayed. It went to him. This is it. Five seconds to go. Bridges for three. Yeah! Oh! The big star delivers. The big star delivers. And that's the big star. Welcome back, everybody, to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. Episode 26 into February, getting closer to March. It's attorney time coming. Uh, NBA trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Sorry, some teams making a little bit of moves, a little bit of noise. Spring training. You say pitchers and catchers will be reporting here soon. Yep, we're slowly getting back into the swing of sports season, so it's starting to pick back up. Uh, Before we delve too deep into our topics this week, uh, make sure you guys, if you haven't already, like us, rate us on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast on any of the major streaming sites or apps. Uh, We would greatly appreciate it. Make sure you drop us review. Uh, share some posts, one tag one person, and it can only help us grow. Yep. Um, you know, like you said, give us those five-star reviews and share it word of mouth. That's the best way. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate every every like, every share, every positive plug. It, it, it is beneficial. So Absolutely. Uh, so kind of preview on this week's episode, we... Uh, Got some big news that we'll touch on in a minute. I'm going to touch on college basketball, how both of our teams are sucking ass right now. And then, of course, they play this weekend, so that'll be... So who's the suckiest of ass this weekend? Uh, I'm going to recap the Super Bowl uh, and probably try to squeeze in a little NBA trade deadline talk. So that being said, the first major breaking news, it's both happened on the same day, but we're going to address the Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers. So, Jordan, uh, why don't you break that down for us a little bit? So, yeah, it was, I mean, the the Red Sox have been shopping Mookie Betts for a while, and I understand why, but I don't understand why at the same time. Like, this is a, a guy who's in the prime of his career right now who you could build around and it does feel like the Red Sox are in this point where they're ready to just start another rebuild. Yeah. But holy crap. I mean, Mookie Betts, David Price, and Cash to the Dodgers. And in return they get Alex Verdugo and I'm not even gonna try to say the twins pitcher that they got or the prospect, but he's a hard throwing pitcher. Top I think he's a top fifty prospect. So it was a it was a good prospect they got back for it, but it just feels like they really, 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 really wanted to clear cap space. Yeah. And I mean, I know this upcoming free agency season is supposed to be a good one, assuming a lot of these guys don't re-sign with teams, and the way baseball is these days, it does not look like anybody's going to sign with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like They all just want the next best thing. So, that's probably part of why the Red Sox are doing this, but man, the Dodgers just look like they look like world beaters right now. I mean, at this point, if you don't write Astros, Dodgers in the World or Yankees, Dodgers in the World Series, like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, the Yankees lineup was already loaded, and then they throw Garrett Cole into the rotation. <laughs> now it did come out today. James Paxton's going to be out four to six months because he had back surgery. Right. And back surgery is not like an elbow or a shoulder where no. you can predict it. Like those are 
really wishy-washy. So that does throw a little bit of a hitch into the Yankees, but I still think they're far and away the front runner in the American mm-hmm. League. So and the Dodgers just look like, <laughs> dear God, have you seen their lineup? No, I don't. I was surprised when they got rid of Jock. I was. They had to. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they have Pollard, Bellinger, and Betts, who are all pretty much everyday players in the outfield. Yeah. Like, where is he going to play? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's yeah. only so many spots yeah, in the he's outfield. Not a DH. So. I mean, the Dodgers look. They look insane. Their lineup is absolutely nuts. Like, I can't find it. There was somebody that tweeted out a potential lineup and. It was just stupid. Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager. I mean, these guys are these these guys are all like holy crap, good. I mean, it's that's dumb. It's dumb. So so an East West Coast World Series looks. <laughs> you're talking. It's the two biggest markets that yeah. potentially go into the World Series and MLB's creaming right now. Just think everybody else will just start tanking. It's gonna yeah. be. It, I I'm fully predicting somebody will break the Tigers' record for most losses in a season this year. Think so? Somebody will tank it that hard. Whether it's Baltimore or somebody in the National League, somebody will tank it that hard. How's the class look coming out? Next year, you mean the free agency class? No, like rookie the draft class. Yeah. So this year's draft is not good. Right. This year's draft is yeah. weak, of course, because the Tigers have the number one pick. Next year's class looks like it could be extremely front end loaded. Like the top ten picks could be top three picks. Okay. But then after that, it looks like it falls off. Now, obviously, it's very right. subject to change at this point. But like Vanderbilt's Kumar Rocker. Will be in next year's draft. And oh, that's you're talking, right. You're talking about an ace of aces there. I mean, so the next year's draft is the one you want to be in the top. I couple. totally forgot about Rocker. Yeah. So this year's looks weaker, but baseball's so fluid. I mean, yeah. Mike Trout was drafted like oh, I forget what it was. There was there were several teams that passed yeah. on him twice, and look at it now. So yeah. <laughs> you never know with baseball. It's not as cut and dry. No. So, yeah, the uh, the trades are not done, though, for sure. There's a lot of talk about Arenado, Lindor, Chris Bryant. Baseball trades are going to be going hot and heavy, I have mm-hmm. a feeling, here for the next couple weeks before tra- spring training actually starts. So, on that note, let's get into the big topic of the podcast. Uh-huh. So, we've talked about it all year, and I hypothesized about it all year, uh-huh. and we both kind of him haunt around with, yeah, maybe, no, probably not. I kind of get it. But Mark D'Antonio, ironically, hours after he gets done in his little deposition with the Curtis Blackwell stuff, announces that he's going to resign as the head football coach of Michigan State. Obviously, the timing is... Can't be worse. I don't know how it could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, horrible timing. The day before signing day, now obviously at this point recruiting is moot, but it's February. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't know. Why don't you, what do you, what are your thoughts kind of lead us into this where you're at and we'll, we'll just kind of ramble on this for a little bit because I think this deserves some time. So I, I get on, I'm on Twitter yesterday on like it's noon and I think it was Ant Wright. <laughs> I saw t- tweeted something like, 
rumblings of D'Antonio retiring today or or something like that. And I think it was just him being the smart ass is, is what it, he's pretty connected. I don't know how. I mean, granted, he's a Michigan alum, but he's got people. He does that shit a lot yeah. where he'll drop subtle little things about Michigan and Michigan State. And then it comes true. I don't know how he's connected, but he is. You know, and we, like you had said, we, we've been him-hawing about this since, well, since we started this whole thing, in July. And it, you look at your phone and you see Mark D'Antonio, like that was the first tweet that popped up was his tweet saying he's retiring. And it's like, what the shit is going on? And... The optics of this are just horrible. God-awful. I mean, I don't think this situation could have been played any worse at this point. Yeah. It, to me, it's. I'm always going to be grateful for what Mark D'Antonio has done for Michigan State football. You know, it, it's one of those things that he would, we wouldn't be at the heights we have been at if it wasn't for him. Um, but you... You start to look at it and you hear about the deposition. And I had read that basically the school said, quitter, we're firing you. I, I would believe that completely. And, and I mean, then you look at the the, the violations and it there's a lot worse shit that goes on in, in college football. And Absolutely. I mean, and if that's the violation that is what looked like was going to stick him, which I think that was coming... It it it's soft to me, but it but then when you take in consideration all the other the rape allegations and everything else and then the team's not doing well and the fan base isn't doing well and recruiting is taking a dump and you look at all these things, you tie them up in a little pretty bow and you say, What is the program better off today than it was at the beginning of the season? And I it was a chicken shit move because to me he knew he was there was something in his head at the beginning of the season where he had to have known that this day was coming. You had to have known it. Well, his press conference, he said almost as much. Got, yeah. I don't know if you saw his yeah. press conference at all, but somebody asked him, you know, was there a point during the season where you just kind of felt like it was it was over? And he flat out said, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you know it, at some point during the season, if you have doubt in your mind, why wouldn't you help the right. program and say something then? Right. Like, you don't have to publicly say you're leaving, but tell the university, like, hey, this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm going to step away. Start your search now so you can be involved yeah. in it. Help the university. Here he almost said, screw you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. Well, and it does. And you, you look at – he comes out – like we said, he, he – he, to me, he looked just exhausted. He he didn't have the flair for it anymore. And, and if you if you listen to like players of his, former players, even players he's kicked off the team, like his players love him. I mean, and that's I mean that's a sign of a very good coach. If you've got players abound that are willing to step up and say, "Hey, it's a good dude. I, thank you for everything." And even it's even guys who get he kicked off the team that are saying this. So I mean, that's that's a, a big thing, but. God, you, you literally took the money and ran. Yeah, because January 14th? Yeah, he's was? three weeks removed from So he gets a $4.1 million longevity bonus. So yeah. it's because you stayed this long, we're going to give you $4 million more. Mm-hmm. And then he just raises the middle finger and says, see you later. Yeah. It, 
I, I, you know, and it's just that, like you said, the timing of this is just absolutely god awful. Um, it, you're how many weeks away from the spring game? Six, something like that. Yeah, it's close to that. Six, seven weeks from your spring game. So you've got a guy now that wasn't expecting to be the head coach. It's now, hey, here are the here are the keys, take over, and it's just the optics of this are just. God awful. You can't this is this is such a dirtbag move in my opinion. You took yourself and said I am above my college, I'm above my school, I'm above my coaches, I'm above my players, I'm above their families. You said it's all about me. And it's just it's just a scumbag move. And now on the, the flip side of it when you're kind of looking... Well, I'll let you. Do you have any... I mean, I agree with you that the optics can't be worse. There's no way they can be worse because of the timing of, like, A, it's February 4th. Mm -hmm. B, you just get out of this deposition where you're being accused of a lot more things that were already in the light. And then C, like, your recruiting's bad. You've been saying all along, he's quoted three weeks ago saying that he's looking forward to next season. Yeah. And he's in recruits' homes three weeks ago saying, hey, come play for us so we can do blah, 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 blah. Like, there was a player that put a tweet out saying, this dude was just in my house with my brother telling, selling him on this program two weeks ago about coming up there, and then he commits. And then two days later, he bails. He's like, and it's... Terrible. Like mm-hmm. now, a lot of these kids are stuck. Mm-hmm. These kids are locked. Like it's now. Granted, the NCAA you could probably get a waiver and be gone. But it's just like it. It's uh, you're right. The optics are terrible. The timing's horrible. It. He looks miserable in this deal. Mm-hmm. And so. he should. And it. It's a situation where he. He said the pride comes before the fall, and he let his pride get the best of him. And now everybody else is gonna have to. To pick up the pieces. Yeah, to pick it all up, yeah. Now, and on the flip side of that, which I'll get into now, is it's very rare for universities to get an opportunity like this where you can completely gut and rebuild a program. It In today's day and age, it is extremely rare to get something like this. Now, whether or not, which now you're hearing rumblings of Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, um... You're getting all these rumblings. Matt Campbell came out and said, "No, nah, I'm not leaving." Narduzzi did the same. Narduzzi thing. did the same thing. He said, "I'm Pat or Pitts, my dream job. I'm staying here." I mean, and and Fickle's kind of, kind of him hawing about it, like he's not being a hundred percent straight up when they're asking, "Well, have you talked to him?" He said, "Oh, I haven't talked to you." But then I asked, "Well, would you go up there and coach for him?" He's like, "Oh, I'm committed to Cincinnati," but he's not exactly saying no. But to me, I think if you're if you're Michigan State. And you look at the program right now, wonder where it's at. Two seven and six seasons. What do you and, and, and Mark Tressel is interim right now. What do you lose when you go out and you just take Tressel this year, see what happens, and then you go into November and December and you look at some of the hottest names out there and you throw Everything you've got, Adam, to bring some excitement back to Michigan State. 
Honest, honestly, at this point, I think that's the smartest route mm-hmm. to do the 2012 Ohio State like they did with Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. Let Trussell have this year. Mm-hmm. This year was going to be a down year anyways yep. because you're losing a ton. Mm-hmm. The defense gets gutted. You're breaking in a new quarterback. Like You have a couple good skill players on the offensive mm-hmm. side, but really other than that, it, this was going to be a down year. Hurt. This yeah. was going to be a, a transition year where – you want Cody White and Elijah Collins to get some experience, mm-hmm. and then next year they're going to be your leaders to a potential mm-hmm. push. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think you let Trestle run this year, mm-hmm. and you see what happens. The college football landscape is going to change leaps and bounds this season. You never oh, yeah. know. I mean, the name, image, likeness thing that's out there changes things. If another up-and-coming coach has a good year, it could you could have a new candidate come to life. Yeah. Like, I was talking to a guy at work about Chris Creighton at Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's won at Eastern Michigan. He hasn't done anything spectacular, but he's had above 500 records and been at bowl games at Eastern Michigan. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. And that's a local guy who recruits the area, knows the area. That might be an option. Maybe he has a 10-win season this year, and he's one of the hottest names on the market. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something happens elsewhere and you have somebody that a bigger name that steps down or loses their job from another place, and you can use them to help build you back up. Yeah, you know, and somebody asked me at work today, like, who is your who is your ultimate hire? <laughs> your pie in the sky. My guy. pie in the sky, and it's absolutely scummy. But if you want to make a big bang and bring excitement to Michigan State football, it's Urban Meyer. Yeah, and that's not. And that's he will never come to Michigan no, State. I don't see that happening. I he will, like you and I've talked about. He'll go to Notre Dame before he goes to Michigan State. Or I think USC. Notre Dame's the only way he's coaching college anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless USC gets off their high horse and hires him, but right. even then I don't see it. So, like you said, the college football landscape changes. It's a revolving door. I mean, if you look at, I think I had sent you like my four or five names that I, I'm not. I would not be surprised or heart. I guess it wouldn't be heartbroken, but. Let's see who do I got here. Uh, I said Narduzzi, which he said no. Fickle's still out there. Campbell said no. I mean, Trestle will keep him. Just let him see how it goes. McElwain and then Butch Jones. Butch Jones is an intriguing one. He's an intriguing name. I think he's a guy where you don't do that this year. No. That's not a hire this year because it's too late. For that, for he's a guy that would need the time to mm-hmm. to put into it. He's a guy where if you swing for the fences on a couple guys, if Fickle says no and then you go with the pie in the sky routes and all those guys say no, Butch Jones might not be a bad guy for two to three years to mm-hmm. get the program back to a stable place to bring in another guy in a few years because what he's that would not be a destination job for him. No, absolutely. he's always going to be a guy that wants to go to the next place. Mm-hmm. So. Next year, if they do go the interim route this year, that would be an interesting name because he is does have ties to the area. Mm-hmm. He's been at, in the Nick Saban tree now, so he's yep. got all the way to cheat down. I mean, all the ways to recruit that Alabama does. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got all that stuff now. So, I mean, that would be an interesting name next year. Another name that I thought about as a potential up-and-coming name is Dan Mulkin at Army. He has expressed adamantly that he is not a triple option coach. Like he runs the triple option army because that's what they have to run. Mm-hmm. He's a defense first guy who wants to adapt and wants to be branch out. I mean, it's 
an interesting name. He's he's been in a lot of different places, and Army had their best season ever under him two years ago. So it's true. I, I think that it's gonna. I think the smartest thing for State to do is to stick with Trestle and let the season run its course. Because I mean, you look at the schedule, and I'm gonna pull it up here real quick. It's it, rough. It's it's preseason ranked like in some polls. It's the hardest ranked schedule in college football next year. Yeah, it's a tough schedule for sure. It is not easy. So I don't want Michigan football. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I don't. Secretly, you do. You bastard. Um, give me a second here. Sorry for the way. Hey, you can you can jump ship and come be a Michigan fan. We can make this an all Wolverine. No. no. Okay, so open the season at home against Northwestern. Go on the road. That's a horrible idea. Yeah, that's not easy. (laughs) Open, then you go on the road to BYU. That's tough. That's not easy. Toledo at home. Should be a win. And then you got Miami at home, not Ohio, the U. The U, who they're going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild. Then you go to Iowa. Yuck. Home against Michigan. Yuck. Home against Ohio State. Yuck. At Indiana. Mm. Home against Minnesota. Yuck. At Penn State. Yuck. Rutgers. Yeah. And then you close at home against Maryland. Or and then you're on the road at Maryland. At least you got one guarantee in there. You've got, I look at this thing over and I say right now, given the state, three wins. Say three and nine is not out of the question, but that's good. That's brutal. That is that's nasty. Crossovers with Iowa and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Have to go on the road to BYU. Uh, yeah. Provo. Miami. Yeah, that they didn't do him any favor. No. <laughs> no, the 80s. Yeah, three three wins might be a ceiling there. Rutgers, Toledo, and then... Maybe Maryland. Mar- maybe Northwestern. Maryland's recruiting a lot better. Northwestern's had a good recruiting class. No, it'll be interesting. I'm with you. I think Trestle as an interim is the right decision for now, and then you just... Play it by ear. Mm-hmm. So. You have to. You have to. You have to play it by ear. You don't want to do a rash rush higher right. at this point. Yeah, it, it's not smart. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, it's obviously very early. It's only a couple days into this, mm-hmm. and we'll see how state handles it and how everything else goes. You have any other thoughts on it before we jump into our next topic? Or now nah, I'm I'm done with D'Antonio. Let a new era begin. college basketball music intros, so that means we're going to talk a little bit of college basketball. So last night, both Michigan State and Michigan had home games against state teams from other states. Michigan State plays at, you like that? That I like that, that was good. So Michigan State plays at home against Penn State and the Lions. Uh, They end up losing their first conference home game this year, 75-70. In a game that I didn't get eyes on yet, and I haven't watched the replay yet, but I plan to. Um, but from what I've read and tweets and what I'm look, seeing in the box scores, it looks like another example of if Cassius Winston can't do it by himself, we can't do it at all. Mm. So like we were just saying, looking at the box score, Cassius took 21 shots. The next highest shot attempts was eight by Rocket Watts. He's the only one in double figures. 
I mean, Tillman has nine with 11 rebounds, but he fouled out. Uh, Malik Hall has five with eight rebounds and four fouls. Rocket Watts has four fouls. So it sounds like it was sloppy and mm. just hack. Yeah, I mean, the first half they were down, what, eight, I think, at the first half? Yeah, 43-35 at the half, and they win the second half by three. But Lamar Stevens goes for 25, and then uh, Myron Jones goes for 20 on six of eight from three. So that's got to be a really unsettling feeling for Tom Izzo, where at home, when, where you've been able to hold serve and look utterly dominant, mm-hmm. really, at home. I mean, that's outside of Duke coming in there. They've really run everybody out of the gym at Breslin, yeah. and then this happens. And I think you have to start to raise the red flag. Mm-hmm. I think teams have started to figure Michigan State out a little bit. Yep. You just... I mean, I'm going to say Cassius Winston is not going to beat me. Mm-hmm. If anybody else can do it, okay, but I don't think you can. I mean, that's the that's the feels I get from this. I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts? You, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. I um, it, It's very much apparent now that it's make Cassius Winston beat us. If he beats us, he beats us, but if... We try to make him beat us. Odds are he's not going to do it on his own. I mean, and it sounds like another game yet again where Xavier Tillman struggled, had some boneheaded plays, just didn't put himself in a good spot for the game. So I don't know if it's something with him mentally that's going on right now or if he's just hit a a tough streak and he's trying to get over it. I mean, Aaron Henry again. Only six points. Gabe Brown, seven. Malik Hall, five points. Boy, they had, what is that, four, eight, yeah, 11, yeah. 13, 15 turnovers. Yeah, that's you, and you can't, and at this point in the, in the schedule, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, like you're going to see what kind of a team Michigan State is, and it's safe to say Michigan State's not a good team. They're uh, they're gonna be they're gonna go into the tournament probably lucky to, I, lucky I'd say to be a five or a six seed. I think they, they I think they track towards a five seed the five six seed yeah. Which this could be a team that very well could be one of these upset alert teams because you get somebody in there that's gonna play decent defense. And if you have a long athletic physical point guard, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. That's what's that's what's crippled them every time because mm-hmm. that's what Penn State did last night. From what I saw, they put. They put uh, Myron Jones, or no, who was it? They put uh, Jamari Wheeler. They put Jamari Wheeler on Cassius Winston, and he's a long, aggressive, mm-hmm. physical point guard. And every time length and physicality is on him, the, the Michigan State struggles because he can't get to those passing lanes that he is so good at finding. Mm-hmm. Like when Kentucky did it to him, they put that maxi kid on him and completely shut it down. So. You, Michigan State has got to find an option B, and they got to find it quick. Yeah. Because, like we talked about, their schedule does not get any easier. I mean, they go to Ann Arbor this weekend, which might be a blessing right now because Michigan looks like a train wreck. We'll get there. But then they got to go to Illinois, where that's probably might be the best team in the Big Ten right now. Yeah. But well, then the very next game for them is Maryland coming to town, who if Illinois is not the best team, Maryland probably is. And they play defense. Now then they have at Nebraska, but then they got to finish the season, they go versus Iowa, at Maryland, at Penn State, versus Ohio State. That's brutal. 
You could really, I mean, realistically, you could look at a 10 loss, maybe 11 loss Michigan State team. And they're already at seven. Yeah. There's three losses built into that just in the road games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think every road game has to be considered a loss besides Nebraska. So that's Illinois, Maryland, and Penn State. I mean, if they hold serve against Iowa and, Iowa and uh, Maryland and Ohio State at home, then you're still at 10 losses. Mm-hmm. So you have to steal a road game to avoid that. And this is a team that was consensus number one overall in the country. And you know what I mean? I think that number one overall ranking is the worst thing that could have ever happened to this team this yeah. year. I mean, is it is the loss of Jeremy Langford really hurting this team that badly? It makes I don't think that he would change it that much. You know, I... I don't know if it's just this is a team that's battled adversity all season, and adversity is obviously one. Um, I don't know if this team last season just hit a, an incredible tournament run. I think last season's team was better than this year's Oh, team. absolutely. Because a couple reasons. So you have Xavier Tillman who comes along last year when Nick Ward gets hurt, but yep. then you still have that – poker chip in your back pocket of Nick Ward coming in and running 8 to 10 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Where right now, you don't have that. Because it's Thomas Kithier, and I'm sorry, Thomas Kithier is not a Big Ten level big in this year's Big Ten where the bigs are all good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like three teams that don't have legitimate bigs. That's it. So that's one piece. And then you lose two elite defenders in Kenny Goins and Matt McQuaid. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Goins is probably one of the best rebounders Michigan State's ever had. And those were your two best shooters outside of Cassius. You lost all of that, and you didn't really replace it with anything. Yeah. You hoped Langford to replace McQuaid got hurt. So, yeah. So then you think, okay, Rocket Watts. He's been up and down. Which he's been a, a freshman. He's a freshman, right. I think maybe that number one overall hype was just a little too much. Yeah, I, I think... I think the hype's I think the hype has gotten to this Michigan State team or had gotten to it. Yeah. And I mean everybody hyped them just preseason favorites, number one, shooing for the title game. Like it was just too much. And then I, I think everything that's personal wise that's happened on the Michigan State team, I think is just I think this is just a team that's victim of some very bad circumstances here. But I mean it I don't know. I, this is just a team that is not a good team. Like we talked about last week, it's going to be hard for a Big Ten team to win the tournament this year. Absolutely. I agree. Another big thing that's a staple of Michigan State basketball is they always crash the glass. Mm-hmm. They lost the offensive rebound battle last night. That's, like, rare. Michigan State always wins the glass. Like, they send bodies. Like, that's an ISO staple. They send two or three guys, and they lost the offensive rebound glass 11-7. to seven. That's at home. Like that, that's they, horrible. They just don't do that. That's no. not a traditional Michigan State thing. So they have they got to figure some shit out fast. Well, yeah, and you would hope at this point in the season they would have already figured it out. Yeah. But. And you get the you got the little feeling there that maybe they had, maybe they turned the corner mm-hmm. and they started to get it, and then all of a sudden they go back on the road and they struggle, and now they drop a home game. It's just like man, I think there's more problems. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing. Like Aaron Henry shook. Mm-hmm. That kid is. He's probably the most athletic player on the team. And every time he touches the ball, he's a walking turnover. He had four turnovers last night. Mm-hmm. He's a walking turnover. 
but he's the most athletic guy on the court. He just doesn't know how to use it. It looks like. Yeah. I think his confidence is just completely broken. Mm-hmm. It looks. He looks just defeated. He's he's honestly a player that after this season, I would not be the least bit surprised to see enter transfer portal. Yeah, I just but you hear like Brennan Quinn and those guys that are like in touch with the program say that him and Izzo get along. They understand mm-hmm. each other, but. Man, it don't look like it. No. He right. looks completely dejected. It's rough being a Michigan State fan. Right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, Welcome hey, to my hell. Here, I'll ease your pain a little bit. <laughs> so on that note, let's get into Michigan. So I did watch this game, unfortunately, front to back. And this is just another storybook Michigan game this year. It, it has been the most maddening season ever. So Michigan goes 10 for 31 from three, and that is completely skewed because they went five of nine in the second half. To start the game, they started out one for 11 from three on wide open look after wide open look after wide open look. And it's just clunk, 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 clunk. This team cannot consistently make shots. The more alarming part of this game is they went 20 of 60 overall in field goals. So they shot 33% from the field. You can't win games doing that. Missing layups. John Teske refusing to dunk the ball. He's seven foot two, and he just tries to continuously lay up the ball when it's thrown to him. And it's like, dude, just hop and dunk it. You're massive, and he just refuses to do it. I'm more troubling, even more so in this game. They out rebounded Ohio State, forty-two to thirty-one, twelve to five in the offensive rebound. Like, so you had all these extra chances. They took three more shots, but they took, what is that, 13 more threes. It's like, huh. Now, I will say, it was I was kind of okay with it, but if you watch the game, Jay Billis is having a coronary watching it because these refs wouldn't call anything. You could tack. That, that basketball game was more physical than the Michigan-Ohio State football game. Yeah, I I did see a little bit of it, and listen to Bill. He was there was a one point one foul. He's like, "Well, that was a horrible foul." You had to tackle somebody to get a foul call. Caleb Weston probably committed thirteen fouls in that game and got called for like three. It was it was horrible. But then towards the end of the game, they started calling everything. Like the last five minutes, they called everything. It's like, well, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are playing the whole game one way, and then you change the whistle in the last five minutes, and now everything's a foul. So everybody gets all up in arms about it. But Xavier Simpson leads the team with 15 points, and anytime that happens, Michigan's going to lose. Mm-hmm. He can't be your leading scorer. John Teske has three points on one of seven shooting. Franz Wagner has eight points on two of 12 shooting. Brandon Johns has eight points on three of five shooting, but he had four fouls. He was in foul trouble half the game. He's one of the few people that was getting fouls called on him. And then down the stretch, late in the game, there's the controversial call that happened with Simpson where he goes up for a layup, gets fouled by Kyle Young. It was a foul, called it. And as he's going to the ground, he grabs Kyle Young's jersey and pulls him towards him. And they call they review it and call a flagrant one on that. So that's two shots and the ball after the two free throws. So Michigan Simpson makes the two free throws to go up one. And then Kyle Young goes down and makes two free throws. So now they're back up one, and they get the ball back with 30 seconds left in the game. Yeah. So it's like 50 seconds left or whatever it was. But it's just like they called the flagrant one because they said he grabbed his jersey and went to the ground with him, but he didn't. Kyle Young stayed on his feet the whole time. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not disputing the call. The call is the call. It is what it is. But it, 
It's just like if he the only reason they even reviewed it is because Kyle Young's jersey ripped. Had his jersey not ripped, they never would they would they would have been gone and this game probably has a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Now Juwan Howard gets a lot of criticism for the last play that he drew up. In my mind it was a that was a great play that he drew up. It just took too long to happen. They got Eli Brooks a wide open look in the three for at a three in the corner and he missed it. Shocker. It's been the story of the whole season. We can't make open shots. But this team just badly needs Isaiah Livers. They bet just that one more body to come in and be a shooter and just be an athlete and a defender. They badly need him. At this point, they're fighting for their tournament life. Every game, I don't want to say every game's a must win because that's in the Big Ten that's not the case. But every game is more and more important going forward. Because Unlike Michigan State, Michigan's back half of their schedule is the bottom half of the Big Ten. I mean, they have Michigan State this weekend. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. They go to Northwestern, who's the worst team in the conference, then Indiana at home. Indiana's been a roller coaster of a yep. team. So you, you've got to figure that those three games, they've got to win two of those. Have to win two of those to stay in the tournament. So that's the thought there. You don't have to win them all. You've got to go two and three there. And then they go at Rutgers and at, at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Rutgers has been unbeatable at home. Purdue, we know what Mackey is. So you got to count those two as losses. Then you got Wisconsin at home. Home game, Wisconsin's just, eh, got to win that. And then the last three games will be very important at Ohio State versus Nebraska and at Maryland. So, I mean, in my mind, if they go 500 the rest of the way, so that's a at. huge win. Six, seven, eight, nine games. So if they go, is it all five and four? Even if they go four and five, which is what it kind of projects at, that puts them at 17 wins with a potential to play, uh, potentially to play a, a Minnesota or a Wisconsin in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. You win that, if you can get two wins, it gets you to 20 wins. A Big Ten team with 20 wins is getting in. Yeah, it's going to be hard to take so, to keep them out. As bleak as it looks right now, because they just can't get any consistency, if Isaiah Livers comes back, and all the signs are pointing that he is because of his injury, it's been confirmed now. He did not re-aggravate his groin. He actually jammed his hip, Ooh. is what they're saying. And it, when you watch what happened, it makes a lot of sense. He landed straight-legged, and his leg just like jammed straight up into his Ooh. hip. So Ow. that's not like a... Nurse it till it gets better injury. It's just like it's a pain management. Once the pain's gone, you're good, kind of thing. So, get him back. Make this back half. These last nine games, get to four or five wins. If you get to four or five wins, you have to feel better about your tournament push. This season for Michigan is always going to be interesting because you lose your coach, you lose your three top scorers. I mean, things are always going to be. They're always going to be a mystery, but the team shows signs of being very good. It's just like Michigan State. Mm-hmm. When they're at their best, they're very hard to beat. Mm-hmm. When they're not, they can lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's just hard it's keeping them at that best level of play. Yep, absolutely. Michigan's biggest problem, unlike like Michigan State just needs a second option. Mm-hmm. Michigan doesn't really need a second option. They're off, They're getting good looks. They just need to make shots mm-hmm. at this point. They need like a two- or three-game stretch where everything goes in. And then you could see this, this whole season change. Yep. It could look like the Bahamas again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same team. They just made everything in the Bahamas. Every shot went in. And they're not doing that now. Yeah. So... I say all that, uh, I, I was extremely frustrated after watching that game because it just felt like a game that they should have won 
and they didn't. I mean, once again, another big man goes for 20-plus. Caleb Weston drops 23. But, wow, DJ Washington. Oh, I didn't realize DJ Washington had 17 last night. Hmm. I was going to say, nobody else really did anything. They held C.J. Walker to two points. Andre Wesson with none. Luther Muhammad had none. So, I mean, defensively, they only allowed 61 points. It's not bad. You should win a lot of games when you allow 61 points. But you only scored 58. I mean, so if there's a Jesus, a basketball Jesus out there that we can pray to just to make shots, that's all I'm asking for. This next nine games, can we please shoot 35% from three and 45% from the field? That's all I need. You do that, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. So everything's there. You need livers back and just, just stay confident and make shots. So what do you say to the, the fan that already is calling for Howard's head? Oh, Jesus, shut up. He's got the number four recruiting class in the country already locked up, and he's got another five-star who it sounds like is – from every, if you read all the tea leaves, it sounds like Josh Christopher's already basically committed. He just hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. So he's going to bring in the best recruiting class that Michigan's ever seen, full of NBA talent that will, in these in this offense that he runs, that's getting these open looks, these dudes are legit. They'll make those. Like, no. This is his first time coaching. And honestly, if you watch his offense, his schemes are good. Mm-hmm. He gets guys open looks. You just got to make them. Mm-hmm. That's why he always says, you got to shoot the open shot. And if you talk to anybody, they love him. Like, oh yeah, he's talked about as a player's coach. Like mm-hmm. these guys want to play with him. So mm-hmm. I mean, he's it. Like when we when this first came out, when he had gotten the job, this was this is such a great hire. And I don't care what school you are. Like being able to get a guy, and even with the connections that he has in the NBA, playing with LeBron, playing with D Wade, playing with Bosh, playing with all these guys. And you bring him into your university, and you know these guys are talking to young kids saying, hey, you know, go play for Juwan and see what happens. He's going to get you into an NBA. nothing else, he's got the contacts. Yeah, he's going to get you into the NBA-style offense. I I think that's just a situation of this stuff. How how dare you? What is... What makes you think you have the right to already call for that when... He's only been here a year, and he's the best coach for the situation you were given. Welcome to being a Michigan fan. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, everybody wants Jim Harbaugh fired, and he's winning 75% of his games. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just Michigan fans being Michigan fans. You're always going to have that part of That's the one part of the Michigan fan base that will the, – the vocal minority, they're very loud, they're very obnoxious, and we don't even like them. Mm-hmm. But they always have the next best thing in mind, even though we've never had that. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's annoying. So previewing a little bit on Saturday, just real quick, obviously Michigan State comes to Michigan. Um, I'm a big believer in trends in college basketball because you're only as good as what you've done for me lately. And if you look at the last five games, both teams are two and three in their last five games. Both, all four wins are against the bottom of the Big Ten with the exception of Rutgers, Michigan beating Rutgers. So Michigan State's last two wins are Northwestern at home and at Minnesota. And then Michigan won at Nebraska and versus Rutgers. With Michigan's losses versus Ohio State, Illinois, and Penn State. And then Michigan State lost to Penn State, Wisconsin, and Indiana. So to me, neither one of them are playing very well. No. They both have looked bad at home and on the road. So... Everything that I can think of and everything in my mind says that, well, 
if Isaiah Livers plays, I like Michigan. If Isaiah Livers doesn't play, I take Michigan State. That's the biggest factor in my mind for it all right now. Um, Cassius Winston has absolutely owned mm-hmm. Michigan in the last probably five meetings, six meetings or whatever, basically back to his sophomore year. His sophomore year, Xavier Simpson locked him down, and since then, Cassius has owned him. So it'll be interesting to see how Michigan defends the ball screen because what they did last time didn't work. And it'll be interesting to see if Michigan State's role players can step up and make plays on the road. And can they get out to a better start? Because the road has been horrible for Michigan mm-hmm. State. So, I don't know. Do you have thoughts for this weekend? I mean, no, you know, I think I, I, I personally, of course, going to take Michigan State because that's what I'm going to do. Um, I just feel like, you know, you've, you've really talked about Michigan not being able to hit their shots. If Isaiah Livers plays, if he doesn't, I mean, there's too much uncertainty for me for that. And I feel like, and you also said Michigan State dominates the boards. And I think that's something, now granted, Teske is an absolute moose. He's huge. You've got Wagner. I mean, you've, you've got the guys. I just, I like Michigan State in this game. I don't like them by much, and I'm not comfortable saying it because there's no place like home, and even home right now is not looking too good. So well, I don't know if I, if I like Michigan State, but Cassius Winston just, until they can find a way to slow him down, I don't know how they beat him. Yeah, I would agree. So We'll see. Saturday noon on Fox, so I have a bad feeling it's going to be Gus Johnson and Bill Raffrey on the call. I just... <laughs> It's like my Joe Buck. Yeah. I don't mind Gus, but basketball, he's just a little too much for me mm-hmm. because it's nonstop with that adrenaline. you got to slow down a little bit, dude. So calm Pump down. your brakes, man. You're, you're going to have a stroke. <laughs> right. So that's the college basketball thoughts, I think. We'll see the last matchup of the rivalry until potentially the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Michigan desperately needs a home win. Michigan State needs a rebound. First could be the first time they've lost three straight games in Long time. A very long time. I'll have to look that up and see, but it's been a long time since mm-hmm. they've lost three in a row. I can guarantee that. So we'll see. Saturday will be fun, I think. So any other thoughts before we get to our next spot? Yeah. Let's roll. So the recent developments in the NBA world as of last night, a blockbuster trade, I guess you would call it. Um, Not exactly what everybody was expecting to happen. I mean, people knew some of these names were on the block, but it was kind of surprising that there was one noticeable name omitted. Um, So last night was a four-team trade between the Rockets, Atlanta Hawks, T-Wolves and the Nuggets. So a lot of names change your places in this one. Um, Houston gets uh, Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, both from T-Wolves and a 2024 second-round pick. Atlanta gets Clint Capella, so now they have their young focal point at their uh, their five. Uh, they've got picked up Nene, so they've got a nice veteran presence. Minnesota got it. A decent little haul. I uh, got Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan, uh, Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and a, the Nets 2020 lottery protected first round pick. Uh, and then Denver ends up getting Gerald Green, Kata Bates Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 pick from the Rockets first rounder. So 
Well, I say there's an awesome name omitted in... God, it's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. But one of them that's omitted is uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, the Warriors are shopping him because the Warriors are god-awful because everybody and their brothers hurt on that team this season. Um, so next year they're going to be a friggin' cheat code because they're probably going to pick up James Wiseman. Um, so they were the talks was that Carl Anthony Towns has been wanting help. Andrew Wiggins isn't doing it anymore. He needs help or he's gone. So you look at the trade. There, there's two teams to me that are very interesting for us. Number one's the T-Wolves because all those guys are expiring contracts. Every single one of them. So the T-Wolves are going to try and clear up some space. Um, maybe try and make a push into a decent free agency class this year. Mm, that remains to be seen. Or they're trying to pull off another big trade to free up some space for D-Lo. And then the, the one team to me that's a real head-scratcher are the Rockets. They have no true center anymore. They're, they already came out with a lineup today that Mike D'Antoni said that they're going to play P.J. Tucker at the 5. <laughs> and if you're not aware, P.J. Tucker is 6'8". So that's going to be interesting. It's a bold strategy, Kyle. It's bold. That's an interesting strategy to take in the Western Conference that contains Carl Anthony Towns, Nikolai Jokic, Anthony Davis, like, it, that's an interesting strategy to take. I think that's just we're going to straight up outshoot you. Kind of a philosophy. But the flip side of that is there's also still rumors that the Rockets aren't done. And the piece they want Andre Drummond um, to get that rim protector. Um, whether or not they get it done remains to be seen because the trade deadline's tomorrow. Oh, probably while we're recording this right now, some big trade just happened. So I haven't gotten any alerts yet. No. I, I haven't either. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Um... Interesting for the Rockets, interesting for the T-Wolves. It'll be interesting to see if Towns, as Towns is being leaked, uh, linked to the Celtics as well. Because Celtics got picks and the Celtics got players. So I think it's going to be interesting, but in my opinion, I think this trade deadline is probably going to fall flat, and this has been about it. I think Clint Capella on the Hawks is a great move. Hawks are stupid young, um, all small contracts. They've got six or seven guys that I think – their main core is, I think, all under, like, 23. Damn. Yeah, like, <laughs> if they can keep it together, and keep in mind, they're going to have, like, a, a draft, a lottery pick this season. So, like, if they can... Somehow, pretty weak class, though. It's pretty, yeah. It, it's another class where you're, if in the top five, you're okay. Outside of that, and yeah. a bunch of question marks. So, if they can hit that top five, could be interesting for the Hawks. Um, like I said, though, it'll be remain to be seen what happens. I personally think this is it. But we'll see. Um, so then I guess the next thing we can go ahead and roll into is if you weren't aware, Super Bowl was this past Sunday. What? What? It was? Huh? Huh. Oh. Um, it was a good game. It was... It was confusing. Yeah. Kansas City forgot to throw the ball down the field. Mahomes bad. Until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, we can throw it past 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we can burn We can burn Sherman. Yeah. Ooh. What do you know? And, it, I mean, Mahomes like, out the gate looked rattled. He did not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, though, I think this is one of the better Super Bowls we've had in the past few years. I mean, last year was an absolute snoozer. Um, it's a good game. I, I, I don't think they necessarily got... The MVP correctly? Mm-mm, I, I mean, know. Mahomes had like a 70... 78.1, I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, 78.1 QBR, and that's 
if you're not aware of QBR, that's not, not very, very good. That's not very good for an MVP. Isn't like one. It's like one. It's like one ten. Is like a good QBR. Say like one. Yeah. One hundred. One hundred is like average, right? Or like above. Yeah. Average, just above like one ten is a decent. Like if you get in the one fifty, you're perfect. Right. Um, I mean, Mahomes. One of the passes that he got picked off was absolutely his fault. I mean, he tried fitting a ball in between six defenders, and it wasn't close. Wasn't even close. <laughs> I mean, the other one, Tyreek Hill, it went right between his arms, and yeah, you can't blame him for he, that. You can't blame him for that one. I mean, I think the guy that deserved it was Damian Williams. Yeah, seventeen touches, one hundred and four yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, then he had eight catch or four catches for another twenty nine yards and another touchdown. So. Yeah, I mean, to me that that should have been no brainer. Yeah, and that's a guy that is haunting. Very many fancy football teams. <coughs> you can't you can't see this, but I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I don't think they got it right. I think again, it's another. Oh, it's a quarterback. They won, so let's give QB him, driven sports. Yep, QB driven sports. Let's give him the MVP. Um, it it feels weird to think that NFL's over. Football's essentially over. I mean, you got the XFL this weekend. Oh, yeah, that'll be entertaining. That's going to be a shit show. Sure as hell tuning in to watch some of that, though. Did you also know that they're going to be talking about, like, live betting, like, on the broadcasts? Oh, might as well. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I'm like about that, that. Vince McMahon's just going, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, he's got yours. more money than anybody else involved with it. Why not? He's going to die soon. He's got more money than Happy Kangaroo. I just blow it. That's good shit. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um... I think the one thing, and then it's funny, and I'm going to bring it up, the halftime show, man. No, I didn't even see it. Oh. I w- we had left here, and by the time we got home and situated, it was over. So. This was one of them I was like, oh, this is going to fucking suck. But I watched it. That show was good. It yeah, was entertaining. There's a lot of mixed, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got all the Karens out there that are, oh, my God, my kids. Yeah, but those same Karens are like, oh, my God, look at Adam Levine with no shirt on. Mm-hmm. They were all about that. Like, if you're, if you're drooling over that, don't bitch about the other one. There was, sorry. There was a tweet I saw that somebody, it was somebody on, like, ESPN, she tweeted, and she said, my son was so, my 13-year-old son was so disturbed, he went up to his room. Ah, yeah. And somebody tweeted. Disturbed. Somebody said, you want to tell her or should I? Yeah, right. (laughs) You need the frozen meme. I'm going to tell him. Don't you dare. (laughs) But no, man, I I think it was a good Super Bowl. I think this was a... It lived up to the hype besides the fact that the freaking over didn't cash. Yeah. Yeah. I think, think, what what was it? It was 52 and a half, right? And we criticized it. And it was the over set at 51. Like, and the score finished at 51. Like, what the hell? He's son of a bitch. I thought that was like the most surefire bet ever. Bet that over. I think Vegas thought that too. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah. like I said, Pat, the Chiefs forgot to throw it downfield. Yep, that happened. So, closing a very interesting season. Lions, we're going to, sure, in the next few weeks, combine will start going on. Well, Probably talk about some risers and fall. trade down. Yeah, please trade down. Um, yeah, we'll begin some discussions. I think we'll probably do maybe a a mock draft before the draft. That would be kind of cool. We could do that. Yeah. Um, maybe do a live show or something like that. And oh God, scary! <laughs> On draft night. Oh, okay. so I can I can record your reactions. Last year was bad, man. Oh yeah, I was getting second ready. second round. It was bad when they. I was going to uh, on draft night. I was in line, standing in yeah. line, to go see Endgame. 
And I looked at my buddy who I went with, and I said, if the Lions draft a tight end, I'm renouncing my fanhood of the Lions. Sure as shit, it blasted across my phone that I drafted Hawkinson. And I was like, well, Raider Nation, full bore, baby. <laughs> so I think the second night you texted me. And he said, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure you could have heard me scream from I'm Texas. I'm fully expecting Lions to draft Jerry Judy. Are you really? It's very Lions. It is. Take a wide receiver early. That's what they do, right? That's Matt Dillon, though. Still the Lions. Sure. All right. We're sure rambling again. So do you have anything else you want to talk about here? Or should we shut this thing down? No, you know, let's, let's close this thing down. All right. So like, hey, like Lane mentioned, one, one, one more, more thing. thing. One more thing. We did talk Royal Rumble a couple weeks ago. My pick won that yeah, sucker. Yeah, he did. Drew McIntyre. Yep, that's for sure. After Brock Lesnar eliminates half the field. That yeah. was a good Royal Rumble. Yeah, they actually did. The WWE didn't screw that up. I thought they actually did a pretty good job with that for once. So, all right. Like Lane mentioned at the start, if you haven't already, please like, share, subscribe, follow, tweet, retweet, comment, post, whatever the hell you want to do just to help us reach out a little bit. And if you have a topic you want us to discuss here, you know, in the next couple of weeks, it'll be a little slower, not as much, uh, not as many sports going on. Mm-hmm. So if you have something, let us know. Shoot us a message, text us, put it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And maybe we can talk about it next week and have some more discussion. So with that, I think we're ready to close this down, right? Yeah, I think we're ready to go. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Go green. Go blue.